Well, as the experts have been saying, it was only a matter of time. A 56-year-old woman who completed her managed isolation after returning from overseas has tested positive for COVID-19. She had returned two negative tests, day three and day 12, while she was undergoing her isolation. But she left MIQ on January the 14th. On January 22nd, she was tested and 24 hours later received confirmation that she had the virus. Now we're trying to find out, well not we, but authorities are trying to find out what particular strain it is. The genome testing is absolutely fantastic. They can pinpoint from whence it came in most cases. So we should know more very, very shortly. The good news is that very close contacts, the woman's husband and her hairdresser, have returned negative results which also shows how bizarre this virus is. If you can be living in close contact, sharing the same bed, travelling in the same vehicle for days on end, and you don't get it. Anyway, that is the good news, and hopefully we'll get more news, good news uh, throughout the morning. But I guess that's why Ashley Bloomfield was telling everyone to check in and use their Bluetooth over summer, so that if the virus managed to make it out of MIQ, contacts could be traced quickly, and the transmission chain could be stamped out. That's what they have said is so important. When I heard the woman had visited a number of places around Northland, I did a quick check on the website last night. I was back in Auckland by the 14th, so all clear. But it really does make you think about where you've been and how you'd account for your movements if required to do so. You've got your FPOS, of course, if you've made purchases while you've been in places. But made me think about how many different establishments I had visited while I was away. Not many, because I had a place to stay and I based myself there, but uh, I did try and use the app where I could and when, to be honest, when I remembered. And it was just such an easy atmosphere in the Hokianga over summer. You almost forgot that the virus was there, but oh no, it is lurking. And because it is such a threat in other countries and because Kiwis are returning from those places that are quite frankly being ravaged by COVID predictably there have been calls for tighter restrictions on the movements of people in MIQ Mike Hoskins of the school have lock them up for the entire two weeks there are even some who are saying that the borders should be closed altogether to New Zealanders What about people like Nick Jones, Michael Baker, Des Gorman? They all say the same thing. Can the flights from Britain, can the flights from America harden up? Why don't you listen to them? Well, no other country has been doing that. Every country is obeying the international law. Lead the way. The international law that says that New Zealand citizens uh, have a right to return. Yeah, but under international law, yes, they have the right to return, but you have the right to impose situations in an emergency, which is what we've got. I mean, you've already done that with the cap. Which is what we are doing with our managed isolation but saying to someone that they cannot return to their home indefinitely, it would not be justified, even in this situation. It's our job to make sure they can come home safely. Well, there you go. That was uh, Chris Hipkins, COVID minister, talking to Mike Hosking on the Mike Hosking Breakfast this morning. In fact, as they were talking, Israel announced that they were closing uh, their international airport to nearly all flights. They're battling to stay on top of their latest outbreak. The highly contagious variants, highly contagious variants, have come into Israel uh, as a result of uh, people being allowed to fly to a handful of green countries, 
and then coming back. Uh, also, religious students were able to come to Israel and Israeli citizens returning from abroad. Now that's been, the door's been slammed shut to all but medical patients and cargo flights. Should we do the same here? It seems very harsh. I mean, as they point out, we've had tens of thousands of Kiwis returning. And managed isolation has been managed. If you have already booked flights and managed isolation vouchers into New Zealand, to deny Kiwi citizens entry to their to their country would leave them without homes, jobs, visas and any way to earn money. They would, in effect, be stateless. I mean, as of now, if you said, OK, well, if you book flights now, don't bother because you won't be allowed in. Then you could, you know, if people have are given time, fine. But to suddenly leave people without homes and jobs seems particularly harsh. Much really does depend on how quickly health officials are able to get on top of this latest outbreak, and because the woman was assiduous in the way she used her Bluetooth and and scanning, we've all had a very good idea about where the poor thing's been on the last eight days. The bend on shop. Who doesn't love a good fossick through the bend on outlet store? Um, you know, how long she stayed at supermarkets. <clears throat> you know, so we've all had a good peer into her life. It hasn't stopped people from piling on, of course. Coming up with wild speculation as to what she might have been doing, where she was going. People saying, what was she doing out of the country anyway? You're allowed to leave. If you want to, you can. You have to pay for your own uh, isolation on your return. You're supposed to um, pay for your own isolation on return. But you are able to leave the country and come back in. And people are doing that, most of them for family reasons. Not many people are going to Greece to lie in the sun. A few. Remember the caller we had last year? He and his wife had gone to Greece, came back and did their managed isolation and had a lovely holiday. But most people aren't doing that. If they are travelling outside of the country, it's either for work or because there are compelling family reasons. So no, I don't think we need to be tougher. I think where there are things that would perhaps do with tweaking is that there doesn't seem to be a consistent level of enforcement across all our MIQ facilities. When people who have done ISO compare stories, there's varying degrees of enforcement and interpretation of the rules. Some are very, very strict, others not so much. So perhaps those who are managing the managed isolation could look at that. And for the rest of us, we have a job to play as well. It's exactly what the health officials have been saying. This is how they are choosing to respond to the virus. This is what they say is best practice. So far, they've been proved right. So surely we have to do our bit. We can't just say, well, you fix it. We're part of this. I'm not going to use the team word, but we we do have a role to play. We can't just sit back and say, well, keep us safe. We all have to play our part.